They always play that at the old forum back in the day. Now the Bell Center in Montreal. Welcome to another week of Rinky Dinkin, everyone. Bonjour, comment ça va? I guess we're all done with Canada, aren't we? We don't have to go multi are, aren't we? That's weird. Uh, Juma Paldero, uh, here with uh, Mike Ica. Is that what they call you there? Yeah, they drop the they H? Ikes. Mike Ica <laughs> from the Stars website, senior writer, Mike Ica. And of course, Jeff Totes. Man, they'd hit that. Totes. They really like to draw out the S's. I love Montreal. <laughs> uh, anyway, here we go. I'm going to start with this. The. The Stars were 17, 11, and 3 under Montgomery in 31 games mm-hmm. this year. Yep. The Stars are 17, 8, and 3 under Bones in, what, 28 games now? Sunday against Chicago will be the 31st under bonus and, I guess, little sliver of right. uh, Stevens for the one game against St. Louis. But, man, oh, man. What? When do we ask the question, is this just the Stars' year? Is this just their year? It's a good question because, I mean, knock on wood and all that kind of stuff, they haven't had any injuries. They haven't had any, you know, situations where you're sitting there going like, well, that's going to ruin the season. And, I mean, granted, they whoa, have whoa, changed. Whoa, they have changed whoa, the now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They've had two things yeah. that are season records. That start. Right. And the coach situation. Yeah. The when you look around them right now, St. Louis, you know, you got the Bowmeister incident, incident, some injuries. They've had Tarasenko out all year. The f- fatigue factor, which yep. is real now with them. Uh, what have they won? Two of their last thirteen or something like that. The the one I heard uh, on the radio that coming in this morning is the uh, Blues had an eleven point lead uh, about forty days ago. Yeah. Now they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so that says everything. It does. They'll be in here. We'll get more into that. Uh, the, the Colorado situation, speaking of injuries, they, that was a – as soon as that happened last night with Ranton and running into the boards, it was like Jake Gensel. I was watching it live, both yep. of them. And when Gensel went into the boards for Pittsburgh, I was like, he is toast for a long time. Yeah. That is not, uh, ooh, he'll come back in the next period after they evaluate his upper body injury. Uh, th- so they've lost him. They're already without Kadri. They're without uh, Jamie Benn's punching doll. Their, their goaltending is a major question mark. Uh, the head-to-head with the Stars, they're over. We know how that kind of worked out yeah. last year. With the stars and the uh, team from Nashville, so uh, you, those are the teams that are up around them and what they're jockeying with in this Central Division. Uh, there's also this unflappability, which you were alluding to. Yes. So you just keep looking. I, I was thinking this on the way back on the plane from Ottawa. I'm like, is this just their their year? Like even that game, they were atrocious in yeah. some areas of the game, and that, and yet, and they're down late and. And they yeah, here's a goal, and they get into overtime. They could have won it, but they didn't. Like they, they just seem to be marching forward towards yeah. something, right? And I think that's the big key is that they haven't played their best hockey yet. 
you know, so you look at different things, whether that's, you know, uh, shooting percentage uh, for their top players uh, and if they can just take that up a, a notch, which Tyler Sagan seemed to do the last couple of uh, games, uh, Joe Pavelski seems to be doing right now, like the potential for them to get even better is is right there. Yes. I am sort of said that all year, yeah. too, because they've never really been able to fully piece together all of the parts at one time. Right. And yet the, the great uh, indicator of a really good team, a, a, a team that's tough to play against is is when you get carried by different people at different times yes or different areas of your game at different times and that's what this team has been all about i looked at it entering the game in ottawa they were the only team in the nhl that had the exact same number of wins at home and as they did on the road they were the only team wow now some teams had way more wins uh, at home or it was close f- as far as overtime losses and points and all that. Yeah. But they were the only team that had exact same number of wins home and road. Yeah. And, and that's sort of how they play. Uh, I know, you know, Monty probably pushed it a lot, but Rick bonus is like, look, we're going to play our game no matter where we are, whether we're up one, whether we're down one, whether we're here, whether we're there, whether it's the second night of a back to back, whether it's Bishop or Hudobin, we're going to play our game. And then, you know, we've seen in situations where they really could just fall apart and they don't, they, they don't get down by more than, you know, well, more than seven goals. I agree. Times. They've never been down by more than seven goals this year. Twice they've come back from three goal deficits. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. And that, that is a neat little party trick. Yeah. You know, against the, you know, there are caveats in just about everything this year. It's just the type of season yeah. it is. And, you know, they desperation was part of that thing early on against Minnesota who changed coaches. Yep. And, they expected a very desperate Montreal team, and apparently the referees won the game <laughs> for the Dallas Stars in Montreal. Uh, but they roared back in that one and dug themselves out of it against a team that had played yeah. the night before, missing parts. You know, no Drouin that night. They had to scratch. It was just a kind of a bizarre Saturday in, in Montreal. But, you know, again, all of this stuff, I said it on the air the other night. You know, we come out of the win in Colorado in overtime, and Bednar's freaking out about how the Stars are cheating on face-offs, and the linesmen are letting them do that. They win in overtime in Montreal, and Claude Julien freaks out that the Stars are cheating because the referees are in their pocket and all this. I love that. Yes. that, that when you It reminds me of the old days. Remember, we'd leave Edmonton, they'd... They win again with a goal in the last six minutes. I mean, they had $90 million more talent than the Edmonton Oilers. Right. But it was always close because they had so much heart and they would bang. And But when the game was on the line, the Stars always find a way to win or always found a way to win back then. Right. And that was the old quote you know, after the game about Brett Hall does jack nothing for 55 minutes and then scores the game-winning goal. Yeah, And it, it reminded me a little of that listening to this stuff coming out of there. They they haven't lost three in a row since the start of December. Forget about winning streaks and all right. that. They haven't dropped three in a row, whether it be, you know, two in regulation and one in a shooter. They haven't dropped three in a row. Yeah. At the same time, they have scored over three goals in regulation only twice in the last 17 games. And as soon as you get that out of your mouth, you have to flip it around to the other side of the puck. Then again, 
they have allowed over three in regulation only three times. Right. It's that's it. That's yep. them. They are who they are. And they're they're comfortable in that environment. Yes. If it's tied, embracing it. If they're down, it, it doesn't matter. They're you know they're like okay. It's fine. That's the funny look is like you, they just shrug. And like even when we ask him after the game, uh, uh, Corey Perry, we were asking about, you know, what the no look pass he had on the power play a few games back. And he goes, yeah, that's what I do. And, you you know, there's a certain athletic arrogance to this guy has done mm-hmm. in this career. He's not doing it right now that consistently. But, I mean, you look at them and they're going like, yep, that's what we do. That's who we are. I mean, Tyler's gotten pretty much pat answers on, uh, well, defense from offense, offense from defense, you know. And, and it is what they are and it's how they're working. You had uh, thoughts on since the All-Star break? Uh, they went into the All-Star break. They had, what was it, eight days of just nothing but thinking for the coaching staff. And uh, you think they thought for eight days? I kind of think. I don't think so. I don't know. Some of them do. I think I think Bones gets wrapped anyway, up Anyway, I'm intrigued. Go ahead. Uh, since the uh, All-Star break, uh, they're scoring 3.3 goals per game uh, in their 11 games, and they're giving up 2.45. Uh, I think they were like at 2.23 or so. So they've given up a few more, but they clearly have increased their scoring. And so now, is that a better team? Is that, you know, while they're not going to probably win the Jennings if they continue at this pace, because they have given up some goals in, in games, they will, they seem to be a team that can win uh, in a more natural way, as opposed to one nothing or two one, your goalie has to save you every night. They're still saving them, but I just think the fact that they've increased their offense has made them a much more difficult team to play against. Do you notice it? I mean, are they racing up and down the ice more? Are they giving up more chances to try and score more chances? I'm not trying to be wet blanket or anything. You there. don't think so? No, no, I, I, I. I see, I see some of that, and obviously they're pushing for more of that. Right. Uh, but at the same time, when you, you know, so you look at this. So seven two and two since the All Star right. break, and they needed they needed the break, and they needed to kind of rearrange themselves because the, those were two awful games, and they weren't playing very well, right. especially defensively. But they really weren't scoring all that much. Well, or were they? I mean, they scored enough to win in Tampa. They scored goals when when they got shellacked. In Florida, yeah. And then they got pumped pretty good on home ice. Was it five one against Calgary? Yep. So seven two and two, they're they're four and two in overtime yes. in that span. That's huge. So when you when you want to look inside, and this just tells you how fine a line. I mean, it's a cigarette paper between winning and losing a lot, and it's not just with the stars. I mean, yeah. this is the league. So in that span, they've scored 30 goals if you take away the overtime and empty net goals. Okay, so just 60 minutes and goalie in the net, they've scored 30 times. Same span, they've allowed 27 goals if you take away overtime and empty net goals. It's a three-goal difference since the All-Star break. And yet they're seven two and two. Yep. That's finding a way to win. That's yeah. believing you're going to win in uh, tight hockey, in extra hockey. Once you get bat- past sixty minutes, game breaking hockey. And that's the, the the one thing I I've come to uh, appreciate, I guess, from this group is they they get these contributions from all over the place. But they've developed where when a lot of games are on the line, 
they get that save from their goaltending, and their best players are scoring that goal when they need it. Right. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great thing. I was looking at all the Corsi four and all that kind of stuff and high danger oh scoring. Oh my God, we're stat heavy. I, I hate dinking this week. I hate that sometimes, but um, they actually, and this is Rick Bonus's mantra. We're really good at getting high danger scoring chances and not giving up high danger scoring chances. So you go to the you know stat pages, and depending on how these are figured, they're like fourth or fifth in high danger scoring chances, and they're like fifth or sixth in high danger scoring chances against. And so fewest, fewest is what I mean. Yeah. And then now you go to the shooting percentage, and they're twenty eighth. And so then. Is this one bad luck or bad performance when your best players have the opportunity? And is that changing? So we're talking about the entire season. That's where they're at. But in the last six or seven games, we've seen players like Tyler Sagan just snapping fantastic shots that we've seen from him before. So could we be looking at if they just push that scoring or shooting percentage from seven to nine or eight and a half, are they... Now a dangerous offensive team. I don't know. But, I mean, in theory, they could be. Like, you keep hearing them saying, we're doing good things, we're just not getting all the goals. Well, Mm. the last couple of games, they're getting some goals. You know what that uh, kind of uh, spitballing is going to lead us into? Trade deadline. (gasps) Do they need more? It's upcoming. It's coming. Before we get to that, though, uh, one more statistical note before we move on to... Uh, giving our thoughts on our wonderful trip to Eastern Canada. Uh, last 15 games, the, the Stars have had a defenseman score a goal in the game. Okay. And that's one of the areas where they're starting to get the cattle prod out. And you could see it. It was evident in the game in Ottawa more than any recent game. Yeah. Where Stars defensemen were up the ice more. Now, that didn't turn into the actual defenseman goals in no. the game. Face-off wins and shots from the point had more to do with it. Last 15 games, the Stars have had a defenseman score in 10-1-4. and four. Wow. The one is the last goal that Miro Haskinen scored when we were in Winnipeg. He hasn't scored since we were in Winnipeg. Yeah. I, I, that's baffling. I don't, I'm not getting that one. Yeah, somebody asked in the Hey Hike the other day if he could be a 15 to 20 goal scorer, and I'm like, no, I don't think. Maybe yes, he can. Yes, he could. You, you, you kidding I, me? No. I, well, all right. How about this? Do you know what the? Oh fr- my God! You don't think he can score fifteen goals? No, I think he can. Can he become that on a regular basis? Yes. All right. You know what the uh, franchise record is in fifty years? Of what? Goals by defenseman. Go ahead, enlighten us. Nineteen. Okay. Do you know what the top ten are? Fourteen to nineteen. Like to get in that range, you're becoming an elite goal scorer and i'm not sure if he has that shot oh he does okay oh my god yes like his ability like the goals i remember is he's going in and out and then wristing one in or you know go go back and look at some of his goals from last year okay because the ones i remember are the ones where he steps up and around and then goes to the high slot and and pushes one in leans on that thing from over on the left side and rips it high past people okay yes to become a 15 late, to 20 goal scorer lately, is really over high Over the cotton. last little while, he's missed, he's missed the net a lot. Yeah. A lot. And that's what I think when guys get into long stretches where they don't score, and we saw it with 
with Tyler. We saw it with Jamie early in the season. We've yeah. seen it with others in Pox. I don't care how good they are. They start aiming. Yes. They aim. Yes, I agree with that. And when you when you have a goal score, I watched Ovechkin last night. He hasn't scored in five games. Yep. And you can see it. He's Alexander Ovechkin. I know. He's two away from 700. And yet you, you watch him. He's pressing so much and he wants it so bad. That he, 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 it's not just flowing. He's not just letting it go. It's like in golf when you, you know, you, you're up and there's water left and OB right. And you want it. So then I got to aim this thing rather than you just swing. And then it, you either yank it this way or yank it that way. When there's nothing, you got to, you know, a, basically a airport in front of you and to crank it and you just release it and boom, it, you know, it's right a frozen rope straight out there. It's the same idea with these guys. It's a great analogy by me, by the way. Uh, okay, Canada. That It was a good trip yes. all around in a lot of different levels. So what did we learn, though? What did we truly learn during our time north of the 49th in the Great White North? You know what? <laughs> the one that sticks with me is don't build your arena outside of downtown. Mm. Because strong to very strong, Mike. If you go to Florida, if you go to Arizona, you're like, okay, well, these are bad places to have arenas, right? You're in Canada. I mean, the intensity in Toronto, the intensity in Montreal, oh my gosh, over the top, just the greatest watching experience ever. And then you go to. Well, even the buzz around town and that, right? And, and. Although Toronto's changed, I'll get to that in a minute. Keep going, Mike. But it's sad that you have that hockey experience in the nation's capital. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been a good team. It's just, you can't get anything going 35 miles out of town or whatever it is. I remember talking with Spezza about it and he he was like, look, we have, there are great hockey fans, obviously in that area, but they always felt like they had to deal with this antiseptic atmosphere in their arena even come playoff time and he said it got a little better at playoffs but not much because people would you know you drive all the way out there and it's a commitment in traffic to get out there Uh, and then nobody really wants to drink nobody's going to drink and drive right you know you look fast forward now to ride sharing and all that man that's got to be a bill to get out there in an uber or something if they even have it there i know they don't have it in vancouver uh so it it affects so many things when you have that. The, the, the whole mice advantage thing just goes, gets whacked a little bit. It's so disappointing. It'd be so much more enjoyable to go to Ottawa and be right there. And like, think about when we go to Washington. Yeah. I go and I run the mall and, and you've got uh, the Lincoln Memorial and the Capitol at the other end and the White House is right there. And you go to Ottawa and we see Brook Street, yeah. you know. It's a good place to have a coma for a day. Yeah, it's literally like being in Plano or something. Yeah, you go down a couple. Well, not even. No, probably like not even that. Go north. It's like being in Prosper. Yeah. So you you go down a couple country roads and then you there there's Canadian Tire Center and the game and then you off you go to the airport and you're gone. You don't see one thing. Not even the only time you see Parliament are on our bump in from break. And hopefully we, if it's in the dead of winter, we don't have a shot of parliament with green grass in front of it, which we've had before. (laughs) Uh, The thing that struck me when we were in Canada, it still gets cold. Yes. That tightened some things up when you were walking around. Man, I walked to the rink on the off day in Montreal 
I'm from Northern British Columbia. That cut through, man. I was, those last two blocks were like, man, I should have taken the bus. Uh, that's obviously Canada where Tyler left his goal scoring hands. Yes. So he had to go back up there, pull open the drawer and, and pull him back out again yeah. in Toronto. You know, a little Brampton boy. Uh, hot dogs are better in Canada. I don't know whether you like hot dogs at ballparks and that down here. Uh, hot dogs are better. It's a lot of stuff that's better. I don't hot know Hot dogs are better. Okay, hot dogs Did you are see better. the size of the hot dogs in Ottawa? Yes. Did you eat one of the hot dogs in Montreal? Are these Shia shows? I did. And? They're delicious. Yeah, of course they are. Their candy bars are better, too. I'm a big candy bar fan. Did you go Coffee Crisp this time? Uh, no, uh, Arrow Bar. Uh, oh, you chocolate. are an Arrow. And then Caramilk's pretty good, too. It is. It is. How The question for years, how do they get the... How do they get that inside the caramel bar? It's a secret. Yeah. Uh, early goals were also a part of Canada. Yes. Late arriving goals were also a part of Canada. Indeed. Too many goals against <laughs> were also part of Canada in the three games. A big time curling on TV. I like curling. So do I. Like you start looking no, at the I, strategy and everything. It really is a but great But isn't it game. a soothing thing when you're sitting yeah. in your room during the day and you just flick on the Scotties and you've got these ranks of, of women and there's so much more. It's not as harsh as the men. It's weird. Curling, the the women are, are I like watching the women's curling better than the men's. Uh, it, it is more cerebral, mm-hmm. which is understandable. <laughs> uh, and there's not, they, they don't, they don't scream and yell like the men do. Right. Like the men go off, right? Yeah. Hard! Hurry! Hurry! Hard! The women are hard. Okay. Not, no, no, no. Right? Now you flip over to tennis. I can't watch a tennis match, a women's tennis match on television. I can't watch it. <laughs> for two hours it takes a lot of effort to you know get that ball over the net the men are just playing tennis i know yeah, that's that's my blanket your, statement your take on away from that <laughs> i like i like watching curling because like you said it's a very calming sport and and the you know the more you watch it you're like well there's this is this is a very smart sport yeah. and then the the Ability to squeeze a, a stone in between two other stones and right where you want it. It's pretty cool. It's like having kidney stones or something, right? Nah, it's like bowling. That's more painful. Yes. Uh, Sports Center on TSN, way better than Sports Center down here on ESPN. And yet, when they tried to bring their two guys down here, it didn't work. Did it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't transfer to U.S. It looks better. Yeah. They cover hockey for the first hour and 45 minutes. And then there's 15 minutes of the other sports. Yep. Uh, toilets in Canada, <laughs> especially in Montreal, are about as royal as you're ever going to find. Isn't that, wasn't that something? Well, and the heated rim and the heated floor and all that. Mm. You know, when it's that cold outside and you mm-hmm. come in, it, war- yes. it warms the soul, doesn't it? <laughs> the little, it's the little things, isn't it? Yes. Hey, there were heated floors in Winnipeg, too. I didn't notice. Yeah. Uh, basketball players do more commercials than hockey players in Canada right now, which is a statement about where the Canadian teams are. Now, yeah. there's been no Stanley Cup champion out of Canada since 1993. 
when the Montreal Canadiens won. 93. It's funny looking at those The Dallas games. Stars have won more cups since then than any Canadian team. Yeah. It's funny looking at the banners in Montreal because Patrick Waugh is the last retired number. The one, the most second last, Bob Gainey. You're just like, really? They haven't had anybody uh, in the last 20 years that they could consider as a uh, number to retire? Ooh. And then you see that 93 up there. 23 banners, but it's been 20 years since yeah. the last 20-something years. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, especially in Toronto, like even in the arena, it was like every time you looked around, there was a Raptors yeah. commercial or spot or guy. You turned on uh, TV and the the uh, spots for whatever, soup and yeah. all those things automatically were hockey players yep. before. Siakam's doing it. Time's changed, Daryl. It has. They like a winner too. Yeah. Uh, Young Robertson seems to have something. Oh, yeah. I was very impressed. I think he believes that he has something. Too. I think that's a great thing. It's funny because uh, the uh, two other lads went up and, and talked to uh, Thomas Harley. And I think the impression they came away with is he believes he has something, too, yeah. which I think is important. Athletic arrogance can be a really good thing. Now, it has to be tempered. And that's why you have veteran players and, you know, put put it in the, in the right area. But I, I like the way that Jason Robertson carried himself for those three games. Yeah. Uh, it His was, brother's just annihilating the OHL he, this year, too. Yeah. I think he's close to 50 goals leaf draft pick uh canadian tire center you know what canadian tire is it's yes basically walmart yeah it's funny here. that people would think oh you go there to get tires no no you go there no, to no, get this, everything yeah this isn't discount tire <laughs> no. this is canadian, this is canadian tires yeah. yeah it's walmart but it must have an aisle uh canadian tire center in ottawa an aisle for just embellishment does it <laughs> well that one guy is there's an embellishment aisle there it, it's uh pretty impressive that i love him he, but he had, a, I, he had a great game i agree with that but boy it's like every opportunity he can to basically do something to upset old school hockey fans <laughs> he'll do it yeah <laughs> he doesn't respect veterans he will dive at a moment's notice yeah. he'll be a little Dirty on they, the hit. The Kachuk boys are something else. <laughs> they aren't are they? something else. They're fun to watch. Oh my god! But, but I mean, they they ruffle some feathers. Yeah. They 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 rile some people. Yes. What's the word? Subcutaneous. I think under the skin. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the other thing, the irony is that most of the stars, you know, some of them will dive themselves. Some of them will do whatever. Not a lot. That, Not a lot. I agree with I, that. I, I take umbrage with, is that the right yes, word? Yes, that's with exactly that. right. The, uh, the, the, when we, back when they were never getting on the power Correct. play. And the, we're, you know, spitballing and wondering why that is. The, part of it was th there are opportunities. You watch these yes. guys and there were plenty of opportunity for them to, you know, you get a stick on the shin pad right. and down you go. Yeah. They don't, they, no. they never ever did it. I, the, I love that quality in players and in teams. Yes, I agree with that. My point was going to be, there's nobody on this team who hates diving more than Anton Hudobin. <laughs> like it, you want to talk subcutaneous, it gets under his skin and really upsets him. And so for that, then for him to get an interference penalty on the, I don't think I've ever seen that. Have did you? They call it interference or they, holding? No, they called it interference on the goaltender. Like it was holding. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it was just. I know. Well, he, it, he, 
It was fun. Yeah. I will say it, it anyway, does make it entertaining. It does. It's, it's it does. very fun. All right, Canada, we're done with you for the year, at least the regular season. Yes. And uh, we're done with this portion of, of Rinky Dinky. We should just end it right there this week, shouldn't we? No, nah, we got so oh, much Oh, no, no. This, this is our pre-trade deadline spectac. And we're back with that topic next. All right, this is the topic, right? Everyone's talking about this. They have been. Our lovely Stars fans, of course, are uh, trying to figure out who they'd love to have, what you would be willing to give up, all that. It's a fun time of year. It truly is uh, couch GM time. So what should we anticipate with the deadline? They have no injury holes, really. They're the best team in the league-ish, right? The coach upheaval, is, was that enough? That you don't want to create any more right. uh, waves or ripples? They have eight defensemen that have played here this year, so there's terrific depth there. Two goaltenders. Seem to be interchangeable forwards. Where do we go? It's a really good question. I mean, I go back to I that. That's my second really good, really question, good question today. I'm hitting it. I go back to 99, and uh, they didn't have to 99? Do I do. I think, what, Derek Plant? Was that their big acquisition at the trade deadline? Probably. Meanwhile, Detroit's adding Chelios, Wendell Clark, and Bill Ranford, and the fans here are just going crazy. But if you built what you think is good in the summer, then why not let it marinate, and why not get to the point? The, the difficult part of all this is the trade deadline is so late that all of a sudden some teams are like, okay, I'll give up anything. And the teams that are getting it are like, well, I only have to pay, you know, uh, two months of that guy's salary or not even that, a month and a half. I can get a, a really good player for a month and a half. Wasn't there a fairly sizable deadline deal the year prior? Uh, for Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying – the reason I, I, for some reason, I see uh, uh, similarities to those two teams. Now, granted, there that was a '99 team with six Hall of Famers, but the thought process was: we built a good team, we have a good team. Let's trust that we have a good team. All right. Now, do you feel that way, or do you? Feel- I I don't know what I feel. I I, I don't know. I don't really don't know. I it, it's a different, way different time now. Yes. Than then. Like now, the the idea, I miss the old days of a lot of GMs making uneducated gut feel, one hundred percent emotional horse trade hockey deals, and you know the six or seven let's remake our team three weeks to go in the regular season trade deadlines, and it used to happen. I yes. mean, it was there were some remarkable blockbusters that went on. Where you're like, wow, that that changes things, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, now there was no salary cap, and you could load up and all those things. You, you know, you look at the recent past. So last year, the Zuccarello deal, draft picks or dra- draft pick, you know, and a high one in that. 
major impact. And then Lovejoy uh, for Connor Carrick. Is that who it was? I, was, I think. Yeah. And, and Lovejoy played great. Yes, that did. really helped and, and added here. Another guy that, had, you know, lots of lines under the ice. But they've added kind of that type of guy uh, already this year. You know, they did it in the summer with right. both Perry and Pavelski. Uh, the previous year uh, with, with Hitch, I mean – they weren't that far away from where they're at right now at this point, heading into game right. 60, point-wise. I think there were probably two-point difference between that team and this team. Uh, they ran into injuries, most specifically Ben Bishop's down the stretch, but there, there was nothing. They, they didn't do anything. No. Uh, the previous year was the purge year, was it not? Was that Eves for first and Oduya? Yeah, I think so. All that all that stuff. Yeah. So then you got you, you swing back to the most recent time that they had a division winning team, which they potentially have here now. Right. And that year in 2015-16, the only addition was Chris Russell. Uh, they gave up Yerki Yokipaka and something in order to get Chris Russell from the Calgary Flames and he got hurt. What is it and that might that might cause management here to pause a little bit that both times that they've made those deals, the guys got injured. Right. Yeah, Zuccarello last year and then with the broken hand and then Chris Russell. Was his a broke leg or hand? I don't even remember. I can't remember. It's a long time. But it affected him in yeah. the playoffs. He really didn't have any impact no. in the playoffs that year. Then you go back to uh, when they were purging again. Uh, and they, got, they ended up getting Yanmark and, and Rope Hintz. Yep. Uh, for Eric Cole when they were just peeling people off. Dickinson draft pick for Yarmer Yager. What year was that? I can't even remember, but I just remember that. I think that I'm condition. just going, trying to yeah. go back with this uh, this administration. Yeah. Was that prior to that? I think it was. I think it was. Well, maybe not. I think it was. Yeah, you're right. Because they acquired, it was Whitney and Yager. They got that one summer. Yeah. That was the old, old administration. And then... Uh, the only one prior to that, the first year was at uh, Stefan Robida. Four. Didn't they trade him? Did they trade him to Anaheim at one point? Yeah, I think they did. That's right. Because remember he had the, because he got hurt, then they played him in the right. playoffs. And, that's right. That's yeah. right. So that would have been that year, 13, yeah. Four, yeah. 13 14. Something like right? that. We're getting old. So, yeah, we're going down memory lane here. <laughs> but, I mean, you look at that, what is that, six years of trade deadlines? Not a no. Not a lot. More activity when they haven't been good and right. not going to make the playoffs than when they look like they can do some damage. So yeah. uh, I I don't really don't anticipate that much going on here because of all those reasons. The the interesting part is if other people start acquiring impressive people. Uh, yeah, but I, like I don't even I don't know that I don't know about that. It's not that big. I of a don't deal. know about that. Do you think that? I do. I think it makes you a little bit the nervous. The arms race thing? I think it makes you a little bit nervous. I think they have their own discussions up there and they'll, you know, they'll be like the duck on the water and say, oh, no, no, no nothing bothers us. But then you'll talk to them a month later and go, oh, my gosh, we were scared to death. And so yeah. they do think about it. Now, again, whether discretion. Man, can you imagine how many uh, things you have to keep aligned now at the trade oh deadline gosh. for? Like your own day to day cap. And Jim Nill, Scott White, Mark Janko, your your pro scouting, your owner, your coaching staff, like all these people. So you're you're trying to keep an eye on what you need right now, what might help. And then you're you're worried, well, 
but does that affect us in some other way or who do, who right. will it affect right then you're like okay what are we what are we willing to give up and oh we already gave up we don't have that many draft picks this draft again right. anyway we want to keep this we got this down like man oh man you can have, like okay let's just pick one i know we don't always do this but all right let's have this discussion could kovalchuk help this team He's only making seven hundred thousand dollars. What's it cost? Okay, now bring him in. Yeah, well, okay. Well, and what's the impact of a player like Kovalchuk yeah. on the team on Alexander Radulov? Like, if you're up in that office, you got to have these talks yeah. about. Oh, you there's know, no doubt they do. Yeah, and but on you look, 15 at, a, so different you look at a player like that, yeah. right? His best work with the Montreal Canadiens has been in overtime, right? Well, the Stars have no issue in overtime. Yeah. Some of their best hockey has been played. In overtime, and there's no three on three. There's no shootouts come playoff time. You know he's he's playing too much in Montreal again. Yeah, you know he wasn't a very good player in L.A. They're they're better since he left. So the guy, I the, the, hear, hear me out. And this is just purely out of space, but I've always had great affection for Joe Thornton, and we we have little Joe from the San Jose Sharks here already. And he's reaching the end of, I'm not going to get another chance. I mean, he's going into the Hall of Fame, right? right? But he's reaching the end of, is this ever going to happen here? And it looks unlikely, right? Yeah. And how many more years does he have anyway? Is he going to play next year? That's a good question. Is this it? Yeah. He, He can still make a play, right? The style the stars play is not giddy up, go a million miles an hour for Correct. the most part, right? It's it's a tight kind of old school game where he excels in tight old school hockey, always has. Yep. Uh, great face-off guy, uh, ter- terrific in-room guy. And there have been times where th- it feels like this group could use a little more personality, and he has lots of it. Yes. And he's not he's not going to come into a group like this and feel uh, I've got to find my place in that, right? Like it's I don't think it's his personality and there's a comfort level with who's already here in that. Yeah. Um, you know, he help your power play a little bit more too in in that area. And just the idea that you you have a you have that cause within there. Let's win one. You know, let's win yeah. one. But let's win one for him. Yeah. I don't know if it's even plausible, but if I was looking for anything, as you mentioned in yeah. the beginning, they if they need help anywhere, they probably need it there, right? Yeah. Little little more offense. Can he help that offense? So that would be a name I, I think would it's toss a great out idea. there. Again, I don't know. I don't know whether he would ever leave. I don't know. I'm just throwing, you know. But these are discussions the sky, I think they have to have up there yeah. on ten or fifteen different players, or you know, pick out five who you think could actually or, really help. And you. then the other part of it too is, yeah, they're probably they listen to something like this. They'd be like, yeah, we've actually watched the player closely, <laughs> and I know. <laughs> You know, mine is wow. mine is nostalgia and a casual glance every now and then, and just the love of of individuals like that. And they're like, no, nah, no, no. But a part of all that is okay. Look at his situation there, and look at his situation here, and could that be the one fountain of youth, you know, surge he needs for two or three months of good hockey? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I think it's fun to talk about. All right. Totes hears the pucks clashing against the glass out there, and knows he has to get to work. 
here pretty soon. Uh, very quickly, let's do this and then wrap it up. XFL NBA All-Star Game. Okay. Shattering some norms, right? The, the, the NBA, I said this before, though. If any sport was going to get the All-Star Game right again, yep. it would be basketball. Because, I mean, it's a big pickup game. It's yep. perfect for them, right? So what can the NHL learn or adapt or adopt from this? Um, I, go, I go straight to the XFL myself uh, just because I think that replay, like I want a camera in there. I want to know every single thing that they're talking about. And I think that would be fantastic. Uh, that who's talking about? The XFL, they do their replays on TV, basically. Everything is in a lot of it in the huddle and a lot not in the huddle. Well, you want to hear the you want to hear the coordinator and the quarterback and, and all what that their stuff. discussion is and all. Well, not just that. Like the replay to me is one of the most important ones because you. Go oh, to, you, you mean the officials? Yeah. yeah, you go to the NHL and they're just like, yeah, no, okay, I, no, I agree. it was a good goal. I agree well, with that. Was the, it a good the, goal? The other part of it, the listening in on coordinators and all that, is never, ever, ever going to happen. No. in our sport. No, the officials yes like the other night when the referees go into both benches and he does it multiple times yeah. i have no idea what he's talking right. about i'm trying to you know we're we're lost trying to figure out what it is in that whether it would I, it's interesting he's going over and right is it is he admonishing someone is he just giving an awareness is something happened within the building we should know that yeah transparency in yes. that regard now, what about the NBA All-Star Game? Well, I'm going to go up. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll go XFL first. The access that the broadcast has to the players live in game. Can you imagine if, say, in Ottawa, Tyler hits a post late, immediately goes back to the bench, has to put on a headset and be on the air with Razor and Josh to talk through that play that he just missed? Yeah, that is never, ever, ever going to happen. But it's great television, isn't it? And no, it isn't. Why uh, is that XFL, great television? A kicker missing a field goal and has to do a walk-off interview immediately. Oh after? my god! Why? You get, why, why do you need to hear that? You're getting like not a canned response post game. Well, you're but, getting but that, media reaction. Yeah, but here, no. That's here, interesting. Here's what's going to happen. Th those guys in the XFL understand their marching orders are to be fully open and say whatever because. That's part of the gig, right? Right. That, that that's that's going to be their thing. You you can't go. You couldn't go to the NFL or or the NHL or anywhere and say after a guy screws up that you can just run in there and just go. Hey, what what was that all about? Man, you get awesome. you'll get punched. <laughs> Somebody will swear on the air. They'll just sit there and look at you. They'll roll their eye. Like it would never happen because they they don't have to do that. Right, but it would be great. Oh my God, it would be great. It would be interesting. Of course, lots of things would be interesting. <laughs> and can you imagine the that are never going to happen? Parameters of mic'd up. Anything would go. You could show any of it on air if we if NHL was adopting the XFL style. Yes, true. Become between Look, the glass. We, we're in complete agreement. If if we were able to mic things up and run it, people would fall in love with hockey on a completely different level. Ratings would skyrocket. Yes, it would. But at the same time, you're going to alienate a certain portion of the population be, because it's going to be a little too hardcore for your main audiences. No question. It's true. Now, the the XFL is is dancing a pretty tight line with that. We'll see where it goes. If it's going to end up being gimmicky and after a while it's like, 
That's kind of how it seems. We're only two weeks in. It's going to fade. It's at almost some point. Made, after a while, it'll be made up. It's wrestling. It'll exactly. Be, yeah. But I love it's WWE. All star game. So, uh, in terms of NBA All Star, I think it's tough to equate like specific gameplay, like how you get that level of competition from basketball to hockey. But one aspect that the NBA started that I really like is non conferences don't matter in the all-star game mm. it's just a certain group voted to be all-stars mm-hmm. and then two team captains and they have a live draft on tnt that's televised of lebron picking his team and then i think you have more i don't know you you care more about that team than just a group of guys from your conference that you're i don't think there's that much interest in representing the western conference and going all no. out for that you'd much rather i'm team lebron he's team Giannis, and I, that's a really good concept but i would love to see catch on I I agree with that. They they always, our sport always wants to go global against North America and that. They there's always a push for that. I thought the charity aspect of it as an incentive and we've uh, yeah. talked about it on Rinky Dinking here with the Stars or with the NHL All-Star game with a great big showdown or something like that where you're playing for charity. The idea that you're going to split a million dollars amongst guys that make 9 million dollars a year yeah. is just asinine. Uh, and the ability to listen in on the XFL thing. Uh, f- for the officiating part of it, and maybe something from like late in the game on what they're looking to do. You know, they go back, there's a timeout. Right. One goal hockey game, goalies pulled. Why can't we listen into that? Yeah. If, if it, uh, you know, they'll never let us, but it would help. It would be, I think it would be great audio. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, I'll take this full circle. You talk about uh, Canadians not being on television. You need personalities to do that. That's what the NBA has. How do you think the Kachuk boys would be if they were mic'd up? Would they be personalities that uh, people would want to watch and listen yes, to? Yes, and, and that's the thing. Like y- You have what went on with Matthew out there and, and, and uh, Cassie and whatever. If you had the audio of that, and somebody probably does. Right. But if you had the audio of that and you listen back, man, it just takes you right inside the game. It takes you inside what actually goes on down there. Now, guys are going to lose their jobs over it and that. <laughs> That's the problem right, with this. Yeah, they say the wrong word. I mean, yeah. people lose their jobs by yeah. saying the wrong thing right now. Yeah. But believe me, guys are going to lose their jobs yeah. over stuff that gets said. So safe is going to win out, and, and we just won't get it. Um, mo- maybe the most intriguing week of the season upcoming, right, boys? We have Arizona back in here for the rematch of my favorite game of the year where they played old school, I hate you hockey. Right. See what that brings. Rematch on on Friday against the defending Stanley Cup champs who are starting to wonder if they're going to get their act back together. And the proximity in the standings, a big, big story heading into that one. Chicago's in here on uh, matinee and they're – they're still fascinating. They've drifted a little bit here lately. They were starting to throw some heat from the bottom end. The fanny was getting a little warm down there. And then trade deadline. Yeah. So we, we're going to have a lot to unpack next week, peeps. Till it's then. Good, it's good to be home, too. You know it's, that? What? It's good to be home. Is it? It really is. is I it? know Canada's great. I want to be is home, it? and I want to watch these games at American Airlines Center with my 18,000 closest friends. Oh, I, that part of it, Yes. The actual, you know, being home part of it. <laughs> I had a full king size bed. I could sleep diagonal and not get kicked. Heated toilet. Heated toilet. <laughs> huh? Money in my pocket. That's true. And worth so much more than American. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you next week, gang. Yeah.